As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Today we talked with Laura Roder of Edgar. Edgar is a fantastic social media management tool that we actually use here at Rocketship. You may have heard some of this interview in the fifth episode of our product series, but here it is in its entirety for you. Today we talked about leading with a vision. So she is not necessarily involved in the day-to-day product decisions, but those decisions are made based on her vision for the company and where she wants things to go as the CEO. It's a really great episode on how to craft that vision and when to say no. We talked a lot about dealing with requests that may be contrary to where you want your product to go and when to say yes and when to say no. This is a fantastic interview. I think you're really going to enjoy it here. Welcome to Rocketship.fm, the podcast where we explore 
for startups, from funding to growth, from culture to sales, and everything in between. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Goldman. For those that that may not be familiar, um, just remind us again what Edgar does. Yeah, so Edgar is a tool for repurposing your content on social media. So we post to all the big social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. The biggest difference between us and other tools is that we post your content in perpetuity on autopilot. So you build a library of curated, categorized content, and then Edgar's algorithm sends it out for you every day without you having to log in and, and keep refilling. Nice. Right, right. And and um, you guys have recently hit some some really great milestones, if you, you care to share. Yeah, yeah. So we just hit um, 3.3 million annual reoccurring revenue. So that means we're at about 5,600 customers now. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so congratulations on that. That's Thank amazing. you. <laughs> so, um, so to start off our conversation today, um, I, I want to just ask a really broad question, um, which is, is what does it mean to be, to you, to be a product-driven agency? Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think one of the first things that comes to mind for us is about us being bootstrapped. Mm. So we, we haven't raised any money. So product-driven, I mean, the first thing I think when I hear that is that all of our money has to come from people buying our product. You know, which it, it sounds like a very obvious statement, but it's not the the case for for startups who raise money, at, at least not in the beginning. Maybe later down the road. So for us, whether or not people buy our product is not some sort of like sort of side thing that we can kind of pivot and play around with. It's like that's how we get the money to grow our company. A customer has to vote with their wallet every right. day. But you you also mentioned that you guys weren't feature driven. Um, right. So how how does that work together? Right, relying so much on the customer, but yet not necessarily building everything that that they may ask for. Yeah, so we're in a very crowded space, as probably <laughs> you know anyone listening knows. There, there's no shortage of social media tools out there. And for that reason, it's really important for us to take a strong point of view in, in what we do well and also what we don't do because social media marketing is, an, is a very, very broad topic. You know, you have tools that allow you to do customer service on social. You have tools that allow you to track influencers and see what hashtags they're using and then incorporate those into your own tweets. You know, you have tools that are specific for Pinterest that do a lot only on that platform. I mean, it's, it's a very, very large space. And I actually think that um, a lot of tools make the mistake of kind of throwing in everything and then they end up being mediocre at a lot of things, mm. like, which is what some customers want. Some customers do want like very all in one. I just kind of need to get it done on a base level. Um, but what has been really successful for us, our bottom line is that we drive you more traffic from social. The nature of our tool is that you have content going out every day. We're really great at driving uh, new traffic to old content that you've created. We're a really great match for people who've created a lot of content over the years, but it's not getting exposure because we make that happen automatically. So this is actually something that I learned from, from Jason Cohen, um, of WP engine. I asked him, I'm like, how do you make these decisions? Because we have these things that come up where we're like, 
you know, customers are asking for this and like, it, it's sort of a good idea, but it would also sort of change how our software works and it would kind of make it more complicated. You know, how do you make that call of whether or not you're going to do it? And what he told me and that we really took to heart and have implemented is you, it's all based on that one core promise of, of what you do. So WP Engine is such an amazing example of a company with a strong point of view because you're like, can I install this plugin? And they're like, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. it's like, I don't care how much you want to use it. It's going to crash your security. <laughs> you can't install it. Like that, that's kind of their whole thing is like, we're going to make those decisions for you to make sure you have a secure website that's always up on WordPress. Yep. So it, that, that was amazing advice. And it allowed us to draw a line in the sand and say, we help people grow their traffic from social. So if this feature is not going to help them get more traffic, we're not going to do it. Do you have an example of something that you really struggled with whether to do or not? Um, like a feature to build? Yeah. I mean, one, one that we get asked for the most is Instagram. So Instagram, obviously really, really popular network. It's growing all the time. What a lot of people don't realize about Instagram is you can't automate posting there. So the tools that do post to Instagram, you actually have to go into your phone, like not even your software, but your phone and hit a button um, when you want the post to go live. The tools kind of help, you know, queue it up and remind you. So, so they're helpful, but they're not automating posting to Instagram. There are a few that do, but they like break the terms and they usually get shut down pretty quickly. So I'm kind of not going to consider those. It also um, seems so a bit and the antithesis of your tool for Instagram. Well, exactly. Right. Like you don't, <laughs> exactly. you don't repost the same picture over and over generally. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't really go with a strategy. Twitter, it makes a lot of sense to repost the same thing because yep. people don't see it. Instagram, it works in a little bit of a different way. So it just is fundamentally different for a lot of reasons for the value we offer at Edgar. But a lot of people, when they're initially shopping for a social media tool, they kind of have the checklist. They're like, well, I'm using Instagram, so the tool needs to do Instagram. And so, so they're missing our tool. But my hope is long term, a lot of people will choose a tool that does Instagram, but then they won't have a good experience on that tool. I mean, not that I hope that they have a good experience, <laughs> but I'm saying my hope is that they'll see that, they'll have that experience and be like, oh, maybe actually Instagram I'm just going to do natively, or I can just have sort of a more realistic expectation of what a tool does with Instagram. Maybe actually it does make sense for me to revisit Edgar. Um, for my other social needs. And we do see that happening, but it's, it's hard when so many customers are like, why don't you just add an Instagram? It, yeah. it can be hard to say no. Yeah. And so what have you seen when you do say no, right? You, you, they, they come in they're they're saying I need Instagram or else I'm, I might leave. Um, but what, what's your response to them? Yeah. I mean, we find that people, you know, we get feedback from a good amount of people on why they cancel. Um, it's very rare that it's over a feature. I think it's much more common. I do think it's common that we sort of miss out on being on people's checklist in the beginning. Um, but once they're using the software and they see the value, I think they kind of understand better why that's not happening. I actually think we need to do a better job of publicly explaining our point of view because we'll kind of like write emails explaining some of these things. Um, we really make sure to never promise anything for the future or, or be too. I see some companies with everything customers write. They're like, that's a great idea. We can't wait to consider that. Right. <laughs> and like, I think it's a little disingenuous because like, like everyone knows it's a bad idea. Who's reading it? There's like, they're, they're trying to be nice, but like it's a bad idea. Um, so we don't do that with customers. We're not like, oh, cool, that's so great. We never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we like with Instagram, we will say that that's not on the roadmap um, because that one is such a clear no. Usually we are just careful not to like promise anything one way or the other. It's just kind of like, thanks for the feedback. We always like feedback from customers. You know, we, we're, we can't say that this is something that's going to be implemented. If people are like, are you going to have this feature in the future? We're like, just consider it no, because you know, we can't give you a yes on that. So we'll be back with more from Laura Roeder in just a second. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Now back to our interview with Laura Roeder. So in, internally, how do you prioritize? I mean, because you're, you're still doing development, even if you're not like actively adding maybe a new network. How do you prioritize that roadmap internally of what's the most important thing to build? So it's, I mean... <laughs> it's always a challenge. It is. Yeah. I think, yeah, we look at um, what are. Well, I think it's easiest to give an example. So, one yeah. of the biggest things that we're that we're building next. No promise on when it'll be live. <laughs> customers listening to this, um, but one of the biggest things that we're building is when you right now when you when you add new content, we don't have like separate windows for the different social networks. It's just one window that you're composing in and then you choose the networks you want it to go to. So um, if you want to have something longer for Facebook, for example, you'll then have to go and create like a totally new piece of content for Facebook. If it's short enough for Facebook and Twitter, you can keep it in the same one. And we're finding that the more the social networks evolve, the more that they're separating into really being pretty different in, you know, the images that you add and how you want to craft your content and all that stuff. So what we're bringing in is when you add content, it'll automatically have a different, you know, little box, a different little interface uh, for the different social networks, which is something our customers have asked for quite a bit. So and that made it to the top of the list because we feel like that is very crucial to the core functionality of Edgar. You have to add in a lot of great content for Edgar to work well. This is something that makes it easier to add higher quality content. So I guess all I can say for how we prioritize is we try to keep revisiting that core promise of, you know, what can we do to make the software deliver even better on, on what it's already doing for people. And so who internally is kind of taking on that, that project management role? So we don't have um, any product managers at our company. Uh, we have our, our CTO. So the person who built our initial versions of software has, has actually kind of stepped back now mm. and now he's more advising. Um, so we have our manager of our development team um, and he's the one who really makes those decisions, leads the process, and, and he works pretty collaboratively with the RCTO who still advises. Nice. And so they're building out kind of the roadmap? Exactly. So yeah, we have something kind of interesting we recently did with our roadmap is um, we broke it all down into components of the software. So for us, like I'm looking at it, the components are like the accounts, adding content, um, API, bulk edit. And we're only allowed to have six stories per component. Um, 
because what we found, which I think a lot of people find, is that the roadmap really becomes the trash can. Right. <laughs> the, the roadmap is the place where every idea that anyone at the company has ever had gets right. thrown into higgledy piggledy. And at first, we just put everything into these categories, and we're like, okay, cool. Now it's all divided by components, but it's like, well, we still have forty things on that component. So we made ourselves cut. So now it's like a one in one out rule. If there's six things, you have to get rid of one. Uh, and so is it a sprint? Are you guys, are they, they kind of timed or, um, is it um, more when it's done, it's done. I'm sorry. I have to keep coughing. Let me cough. On. Okay. Oh, sorry. Hold on. No problem. So we don't do the typical um, two-week sprints. We just do Monday planning, Friday retro, uh, but we kind of let things take various amounts of time. So we deploy a little bit every day. We don't like wait for a big deploy. We try to get everything live and out as soon as possible, so we'll have a deploy pretty much every day. Um, and then, yeah, we just plan for that Monday, but some things are going to be done you know, in the middle of the week, some things are going to take months. We kind of let various stories um, take whatever time they take. We also don't do, we stop doing estimates, which okay. is which is controversial. Um, we used to do estimates for everything, and then we found that they just, like, weren't very accurate. And we were just kind of like, well, this is just this whole process we have, and what are right. we really... <laughs> Like, we're like, it's going to take three hours. Nope, we were wrong. It took six hours. Okay. And like, we're not really learning anything or improving everything. Let's just do our stories, do them well, and, and they take how long they take. I mean, yeah. you have to be careful that you're pushing stuff live when it's when it's done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, making sure you're not just spending forever improving things. And and how do you, like, so the, you have the, the product, you know the roadmap internally, and then how are you as the, the CEO taking that, that out and, and, and building that product message? Because um, I, I assume it, it goes both ways, right? You have kind of the vision for the company, which is what defines the product, and then you have the constant iterations. Yeah, you know, I would, I'm probably a lot less involved in the product than a lot of CEOs are. Mm. Like, I didn't mention myself in those meetings because I'm, I'm not in those meetings. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not making the decision about what happens with the product. But I think a lot of that is because, like I said, we have the really simple point of view and because we're not adding components. You know, our roadmap's broken down into components. Um, we've added one. There is one feature that we want to launch in the next six months or so. That's the only column, you know, there are the columns in Trello. That's the only column that's gotten added in the past, I mean, I don't know when we made this, like six months ago, nine months ago, wow. and the company's only for two years right so you know it like we're not making those we're really we're really and truly not adding new features where we're improving the features we already have so i think that kind of makes the whole process easier i mean it's the hard part is still balancing what to prioritize and bugs versus features and all that stuff everyone has to deal with but like i don't really need to add in my two cents because it's pretty easy for everyone to be on the same page as, as far as what we're building. So let's shift gears for, for a minute um, from the product. And I'd love to talk about your growth and, and see what has like, what has made the difference in getting there as a, as a bootstrapped company to get to, you know, 3.1 ARR is fantastic. 
Yeah, I mean, we, so this is, this is where it comes good that I'm not technical. I'm really good at marketing. That's, <laughs> that's what I know how to do. I don't know how to build software, but I know how to market software, apparently, because we have a lot of people who bought our software. <laughs> um, and I think that is something that we've done differently. I do see a lot of software doing the kind of, if you build it, they will come, or, you know, along the topic of product, um, I constantly see people thinking that they are going to expand their customer base by adding features, mm. which I just think is one of the biggest fallacies out there. It just doesn't make sense. Like, how do you expect people to know what's going on inside of your software? Um, even if you're doing like an amazing job announcing it publicly, which most companies aren't, you're only reaching those people that like have already decided basically have almost already decided to use you, right? Like if you're following a company that closely that you're reading their product updates, you're pretty much sold already, right? And you're just sort of waiting for a reason or something or until like you have the money, I don't know. But you're definitely not reaching people who don't already know about you with some sort of product update blog post or something like that. Sure. Um, So yeah, you know, we've picked a focused market from the beginning. We serve small business. We don't have... Um, enterprise clients. We don't have enterprise plans. We don't have a sales team. We're not building anything custom for anyone. It's it's all self serve. So I think you know we're really big on simplicity. You know we serve one type of customer. We have one funnel. Like we send people. Someone was asking me about Facebook ads the other day. We do Facebook ads and we send people to our homepage because our homepage is our best funnel. Mm. You know, why would we send someone to a separate landing page? If we can develop a better funnel with a landing page, why would we not stick that on our homepage where most most of the traffic is going? You know, so we've been focused on building out a marketing sequence, very similar to the product really, right? We like decided like, this is our product, we're gonna keep improving it. Kind of similar with marketing, like this is how we market the business. How are we going to do that better and better? Because we've stuck to the same strategies. You know, we do organic marketing, we do content marketing. Most of our customers come in through search. All those things have always been true. We've just been able to grow the scale by doing them more and better. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And and that's probably a testament to the simplicity of the the product and the and and the problem it solves. You know the problem it solves. And and so the marketing speaks directly to that same. You don't need different verticals. It sounds like to appeal to different types of of people. Yeah, we haven't done that. I mean, we yeah. haven't done campaigns based based on different verticals. You know, maybe we will at some point in the future. Um, another thing we've done with marketing is we're really big on not doing one off marketing. So doing um, big promotions, you know, having a limited time sale or something like that, they can be really great getting people in the door, but I don't want, because I've made this mistake in the past. I've had businesses in the past where someone, and it's always been me in the past is like, that you're like, I got to make a raid. I got to do something <laughs> right. that's going to bring in new business. And it's this never ending cycle where like, what are we going to do? What promotion are we going to do? We're not going to have any money unless we come up with something to do. So when I launched this business, I'm like, I am not doing that again. We're building out automated marketing systems, autoresponders, funnels, all that good stuff. And if we want to do a promo, like any idea that we have for one-off promo, let's see how we can work that into an integrated system as well. Like we send out coupon codes regularly, but they're on a system. You know, you get your code, it expires at a certain time, and that's it's all automated and systematized as opposed to like the big sale once a year. And we have done some 
um, one-off promotions. And, and we're going to do another one later this year, but I would much rather do, so this year we'll do two for the whole year, um, you know, on top of our automated marketing instead of like someone has to have come up with some idea every time we need to drive new business. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's worked for these two years. You mentioned that you may, have you ever experimented outside of, um, your key persona and it just didn't work? Was, was there ever a situation where you've kind of dipped your toe in the water, but maybe you felt like it wasn't the right fit? Um, the only thing I can think of is that we did launch with, with higher cost plans and like two people bought them and then they can't. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Got it. We're like, well, that's, that's kind of pointless. Like, you know, um, an obvious market for us would be agencies, but our software isn't, isn't optimized for agencies. Like you can't have, you know, different client groups. Um, we don't even have multiple logins, like some of the basic things you would want as an agency. And I'm a big believer in, in staying focused and maxing out the market that you have. Like I recently saw an article about uh, style seat, which is a, a product um, for hairstylists to be able to book easily with their clients. And I saw that they just launched like waxing or skincare or something like that. And style seat is like a really, really successful company, really big company. The software works the same, whether you're doing waxing or whether you're doing hair, you know, it obviously doesn't matter from the software point of view. And I thought that was really cool and a really like bold and unusual point of view for them that they're like, we are going to dominate hair. We are going to keep working on hair until every hairstylist in America knows about style seat. Then when we feel good there, like then we will move on to other lines. And and that's how I want to be as well, you know. We have 5,000 customers. Great. There's a lot more than 5,000 people, <laughs> right. you know, like <laughs> using running Twitter, a small right? business, yeah. right? <laughs> using Twitter, like marketing online. Like there's a lot more than 5,000. So for us to like start going agency, start going enterprise, it's, it's very tempting, but I know that we have so much farther to go where we can leverage what we've already built. Wow. All right. Well, I, I feel like we summed up the entire conversation right there. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, I love it. I love the focus. And I think it's something as entrepreneurs, we do so wrong so many times because we have so many ideas and and we often chase shiny things. And one of the hardest things to do is just not not chase a, a something else, something different. And, and it's it's yeah. hard. It's really hard because when you talk to people, that's always like you're chatting with your friends and they're like, oh, have you thought about launching an agency plan or have you thought about like launching in the UK? Like it's never like, Oh, have you thought about like optimizing like the middle part of your funnel <laughs> right. so it converts like half a percent better? Like it's just not fun right. to talk about, you know, it's, it's not like the big shiny idea, but you know, most businesses are going to get a lot farther with the half percent improvement than they are. Like we're going to hire a team in the UK, you know? Yeah, right. Right. Totally. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, I mean, obviously, where do we keep up with you? Where can we sign up for Edgar and, and check out um, what you guys are building there? Yeah, so you can find Edgar at meetedgar.com. Um, I finally put up my own blog, which is really exciting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> A little behind on that one. Um, so you can check that out at uh, lauraroder.com. And I'm on Twitter as LKR. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. 
Big thanks to our sponsors, Team Gant. Go to teamgant.com forward slash rocketship and use the code SAVE on TG to get 50% off your first six months. And by Brand Bucket, go to brandbucket.com forward slash rocketship. You get a special offer. Plus, you can get your next company name, logo, and domain all in one spot, just like Mattermark. You really can't lose there. And by Chargebee. Chargebee is the easiest way to set up your subscription bill and go to chargebee.com forward slash rocketship and get set up for free. So follow us on Twitter at rocketshipfm. You can follow me at Michael Saka, Joel at Joel Goldman, and we'll see you back here in just a couple days. Wanna follow us on Twitter at rocketshipfm. Thank you, bye-bye.